Look, can you believe this is the 10th week of our series looking at the book of Acts? Crazy times. <laughs> but it is actually true. And um, as we've been looking at Acts, we've been seeing how it helps us to understand that being rooted in spirit, word and community... is actually really important for our Christian life. And this, I mean, quite a few of the previous talks have been focusing on being rooted in spirit or rooted in words, but this evening we're going to be looking more at the community side of things for a change. And in a follow-up to Naomi's talk last week, anyone remember what that was about? I was the opposite guest. It was something to do with Acts. I mean, correct. Yes! <laughs> 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 what were the grounds about? I know, there was the crowd that got killed. Of course, you were not sure that was the main point. I just remember you saying about how, like, there was just like, there was that thing, like, I just remember you saying about the thing, the, like, the, um, how people put those, like, the Bible verses, so it's like, nice Bible Okay, but what was the main was point? That, <laughs> that wasn't the main point. There was that thing. Um, was it about Peter? Uh, oh. Oh. No. Anyway, oh, I will tell you what it was. Maybe. But what was the main point? The main point was that sometimes victory looks like defeat. Do you remember that? Okay. So, this evening, we are going to look at a particular way thank you, that um, community can go wrong, which is when victory can look like defeat and what we can learn from it. So have any of you fallen out really badly with a friend or someone else that you really loved? Does anyone like to just briefly kind of share what that feels like for the rest of us who haven't experienced that. Bad. It's yeah. like annoying. It's like you think you're like really good friends or something and then like you just fall out and it's like... Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty bad, isn't it? And it can be painful as well. And uh, I once fell out really badly with my best friends um, at school when I was in year nine. Um, bit of backstory: His parents had been missionaries over in a little island near China called Taiwan. And when he got old enough to go to secondary school, they decided to move back to England. And he started going to my school. But as we got older, and uh, he still liked to wear the little kid clothes that he'd brought back from Taiwan with him. And as he grew taller, he was at least as tall as I was and quite uh, gangly limbed. As he got taller, they just looked more and more silly on him. 
and eventually I thought that I needed to be a good friend <laughs> <laughs> and tell him to sort himself out. If he didn't get any new clothes, then he'd never have any girls fancy him at all. Which, of course, was the most important thing I thought at the time. But actually, this was a really big mistake, and he got massively upset, understandably, and stormed off. You see, being an insensitive and unobservant boy that I was at that age, and some people might argue that I still am a bit, I hadn't realised two things. Firstly, the reason he still wore those clothes was actually that he really missed being in Taiwan, that he'd like, had lots of really good friends there and stuff like that, and he wanted to continue wearing stuff that helped him to remember. And secondly that I'd actually hit a really sore spot when I'd brought up how he looked wearing them as well. I'd really stuck my foot in it and I'd caused real damage to our friendship. And it really hurt, even though it was, wasn't me that had been like, insulted. I knew what I'd done was wrong and that I could never take the words back. And I spent ages dwelling on it, wishing that we could be friends again. And eventually I plucked up the courage to go and say sorry and to admit to him that I'd been insensitive <coughs> and to ask his forgiveness. And fortunately he did forgive me. But even so, our friendship was never quite the same again. And we, from then onwards we were never quite as close as we had been because as I'm sure most of you have been through similar things to me, it's really hard to rebuild that trust and once it's been broken, isn't it? And to kind of rebuild the other important things in friendships. So why am I telling you this story? What's it got to do with the Book of Acts? Well, the truth is that Paul, actually, who is one of the main characters, as Calvin mentioned, he suffered from exactly the same thing that I did. Although for different reasons, he probably didn't tell anyone that they had clothes that were too small for them. See, when he first became a Christian and went back to Jerusalem, there was a guy named Barnabas who believed his story and took him under his wing when all the other Christians were afraid that he was trying to trick them. Then later on, Paul and Barnabas joined a church together in Antioch, and they were on the leadership team there together as well, before then being called together by God to go on their first journey, spreading a, around the good news about Jesus. So they must have been best friends. They spent nearly every hour of the day together, and the night probably, sharing food and possessions. And they even had the same passionate faith in Jesus and in the Bible that led them in Acts 15 to go to Jerusalem together to argue against people who were saying that you had to become a Jew in order to be a proper Christian. So basically, they were best mates. They were inseparable, like two peas in a pod. But then this happened. 
Some time later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, who is also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him, because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Wow, seems like a pretty small thing, right? Disagreeing over whether to let John Mark to rejoin the little gang of missionary friends or not. <coughs> but Paul and Barnabas got so angry about it that they just went their separate ways. And the first thing that this passage tells us about Christian community is that it's actually really hard. So calling out with others is something that is pretty much inevitable, actually. I mean, if two of the founders of the Worldwide Church, two guys that everyone else at the time looked up to and were amazed at their faith and what God was doing through them, if even Paul and Barnabas can fall out, then the chances are that people like you and me are going to have problems with others in church as well. And there's several reasons for this. Can anyone think of any ideas why that, why it might be that uh, it's difficult to do community? Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Sin, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Any other ideas? We're all very different. Yes, we're all very different. That's another good idea. That was the first one I came up with as well, actually. So <laughs> I also came up with sin. Um, so, yeah, we're all... Um, very different because actually God delights in diversity and so he calls all different types of people to um, come together into his family rich and poor outgoing and shy sporty and bookish some people would be both amazing <laughs> not to mention different cultures and races and as we all know the more different you are from someone the harder it is to get along with them right and the more careful you have to be about it. <coughs> so another reason, as um, we've already mentioned, is that we are imperfect human beings who, whilst as Christians, we're no longer enslaved by sin, we do still struggle with it. And so we will make mistakes sometimes. And another reason uh, the enemy, Satan, hates to see Christians getting along well together in loving community and he will do the best he can through lies, deception and trickery 
to fool us into making bad choices. And it's because of these things, and probably a whole bunch of others that I can think of, that it is pretty much inevitable that Christian communities, churches, youth groups, will be broken by disagreements and people falling out with one another every now and then. This sounds a bit depressing, doesn't it? <laughs> but because we are children of God, he gives us hope in every situation. Yeah. And the first way that he does this <laughs> is by ensuring that no matter how painful or difficult it is when we fall out with people, with those that you love especially, and how difficult it is to see how you can move on from that situation. The truth is that it actually it isn't the end of the world. And we can see this with Paul and Barnabas. They both carry on with what they were planning to do. They might do it separately, but they're still doing it. Paul goes off to Syria and Barnabas goes to Cyprus. And just because they've disagreed doesn't mean that everything has to stop. It doesn't mean that God's calling on their life is suddenly invalidated. Were any of you at church on Sunday? I'm pretty sure more of you than that were, but... Yeah. <laughs> you were. You were there. You were there. Right, so it was Dale talking. Does that give you a clue? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Dale was talking. Yeah. Can you remember... <coughs> what he said that we need to do when things like this happen to us or anything bad for that matter wasn't it pray Was that it probably he did say pray. that pray. as well <laughs> yes it's <laughs> a good guess there was like one particular thing that pretty much the whole of his talk was about i know this one Go on it then. was uh preach the gospel to yourself yes well done Hooray. Yeah, Dale said that we need to tell ourselves the good news about Jesus every day, basically. And I'm pretty sure that actually this is what Paul and Barnabas did too, in order to help them see that their disagreement wasn't the end of the world. Both Paul and Barnabas were rooted in the Holy Spirit and in God's word, and this helped them to see the truth and to speak it to themselves. See, because Jesus died and rose again in order that we might be forgiven our sins, if we put our faith in him, we don't need to feel guilty when we hurt others, when we fall out with them, because there is no <coughs> condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Because God has forgiven us our sins, he promises not to hold anything against us, and so we are still able to benefit from his promises and take part in his plans. Because we are forgiven, we're also set free to forgive those who hurt us and to be released from the bitterness that unforgiveness can cause. And because God is our Father, we can trust him 
that even though there are going to be there may be ongoing consequences of what has happened, he still loves us and will bring about good from every situation. And because of the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we can learn from the mistakes that we have made and trust that he will help us to avoid doing similar things in the future. These and others like them are all gospel truths that we can tell to ourselves to help us to see that when we have difficulties in our relationships with others, it isn't the end of the world. Now the second way that God helps us to find hope when we fall out with others is by transforming us more closely into Jesus' likeness through the power of the Holy Spirit. Can anyone remember that Bible verse? <laughs> Naomi remembers it. Reflect the Lord's glory yeah. in the spirit of glory. <laughs> well, that's the first bit of it anyone can say. Go and look it up later. <laughs> and because we're still a work in progress, this doesn't mean that we will never fall up at all, but it does mean that we'll be more likely to fall up well rather than badly. Can anyone think of evidence from the passage I just read from Acts that Paul and Barnabas didn't completely melt down when they disagreed? Well, it's quite short. It wasn't, and it, like, if they'd like had a full on fist fight, you mentioned Chisholm, didn't they? It wasn't mentioned, you're right. I challenge you, Barnabas, to a duel! <laughs> but what about, can it, if you think about what they did the, afterwards? The they carried on, like, preaching and stuff. Yeah. Which means they weren't, like, so angry with each other, like, I don't want to do what you're doing. Yeah. So they no. were just like. That's a really good point. Yeah, they carried on. Anything else? I can think of one other thing. They basically, like, because it can be, if you fall up with people, you're like, well, I'm just going to do everything on my own because clearly other people are like not on the same wavelength or whatever. But Paul and Barnabas didn't do that. They both went and found other people to help them in their teams when, as they carried on. And that, I think, is also good evidence that actually they were both getting on with the mission that God had given them. And if you read a bit more widely in the New Testament as well, there's even further evidence of this in that Paul who wrote quite a lot of the New Testament in the form of letters to other churches, he could have used that as a really good platform for slagging off Barnabas, couldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, and there was this guy, Barnabas, who was a heretic! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'd be so easy to do that, wouldn't it? Because Barnabas wouldn't be able to answer back in a letter and defend himself. But actually, we don't see any evidence of that. Not in the letters that survived. And in fact... <laughs> Burn the evidence. <laughs> yeah. 
But, but the fact is that actually Paul says something positive about Barnabas and several positive things about John Mark who went off with Barnabas as well. And so there's pretty good evidence that Paul actually forgave Barnabas and actually was reconciled with John Mark as well. So how can we disagree well? I think that actually this comes down to those gospel truth things again. That when you allow God to work them into your heart, it means that your character grows more mature. For example, knowing that God is the source of all truth gives you a bit of humility and the, abi- and the ability to admit when others might know better than you. Something that I struggle with. But that will then help you to go on to make amends more quickly. Knowing that others are made in God's image and that they are your brothers and sisters in Christ helps you to value them and the things that they do much more highly than you might do otherwise. No matter how weird or irritating they might be on first appearances. Knowing that God sees and hears all things helps you to hold your tongue when you're about to say something hurtful. And when we're full of the Spirit, he helps us to sense God's love for those around us. And that can pretty quickly actually quench any anger or annoyance that you find in those people. And in all of those ways and more, God helps us to fall out well, doing less damage to our relationships when it happens and repairing that damage more quickly. So, to wrap this all up, whilst it is pretty much inevitable that we will fall out with our brothers and sisters in the church at some point, because we have a great God who is passionate about using his people as part of his mission to rescue the world from the taint of sin, he ensures that when we fall out it is not the end of the world, and he also helps us to fall out in less damaging ways. In fact, to bring this back to our theme for the term, when we're rooted in God's spirit and in his word, we're much better equipped to stay rooted in community as well. And this is because we will be able to tell ourselves the gospel when things go wrong. And we will also be able to demonstrate the gospel in our relationships with others.